0: you would uh, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, and we are going to look at someone who experienced God's grace in an amazing way, and I think we can learn quite a few lessons this morning, but uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 31, it is on the top of your handout, but it would be good for you to see it here in your Bible, In this Hebrews chapter 11, there are many different people that are identified as, as having faith in God. And uh, we're going to zero in here on this person. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, the scripture says, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Let's pray together. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity right now to look at your word to be able to see just such a special person that you changed their life and you saved them by faith. And God, I pray that you'd um, help us to just Able to be encouraged from this and see how it would apply to our lives. Ask for your help now and pray for our pastor this morning as well as he continues to to study and and be ready for this morning. I just pray that you'd help him as he preaches there in Washington and that uh, you would use your word to do great things today. We'll thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. By way of introduction, I'm going to read, uh, we want to read quite a bit of scripture here. So here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, the scripture says, By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace, and what I'm want to do is go back by way of introduction and read through um, a, a portion of Joshua and see just where this account is expounded upon. So if you would turn with me in your Bibles to Joshua chapter two. We're going to read the uh, the entire chapter of Joshua two, and then we'll look some in verse uh, in chapter six. It's going to be real helpful for us to read through this, and then it'll be faster. For me to make comments, uh, you have a handout with you this morning. There are some cross references that I really wanted you to get, and for time's sake, I believe you know the scriptures. The most important thing that we're going to look at this morning, and so I wanted to be able to to uh, give you some cross references that you could take home with you, and then that we could look at quickly together. But it will really tie in and hopefully make a lot of sense as we go through this. But Joshua chapter two and verse number one, the scripture here says, uh, and, and let me say this also. To catch you up to what's happening in Joshua chapter 2, in Joshua chapter 1, Moses has died. Moses, you know, remember God used him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And Moses, because he disobeyed God and struck the rock a second time, to, to get water for the Israelites. God had told him to speak to the rock. Because of that disobedience, Moses was able to see the promised land but not enter in. And so the children of Israel just had to wait for Moses and a whole generation of people who didn't believe God in that wilderness wandering to pass away. And so Moses has died in Joshua chapter 1. Joshua has been uh, the uh, the number two man all along. He, he uh, came out of uh, is, is, he came out of Egypt with Moses. He was actually up on the mount with Moses when Moses received the commandments from God. He was the number two guy the whole time and, and uh, was, was just in preparation for years and years. But here Moses has passed away and God has told his people, now it's time to enter into the Canaan land. You're going to cross the Jordan River. And you're going to take Jericho, okay? So that to kind of catch you up to where, where we are. Joshua chapter 2, the scripture says, And Joshua the son of Nun, all right, so he's the only guy in the Bible with no parents. But Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came, in, there came men in, uh, hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. Now, what do you think that king's intentions are at that point to get those men? Are they going to have a little dialogue at that point? No, he's wanting to capture these two spies, and we'll see here in a moment just how intimidated and fearful these people were. Verse 4 And the woman took the two men and hid them, and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And came to it came to pass that about the time of the shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Whither the men went, I what not. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan under the fords. As and as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof and she said unto the man i know that the lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you for we have heard how the lord dried up the water of the red sea for you when you came out of egypt and what you did unto the two kings of the amorites that were on the other side jordan sihon and og whom ye utterly destroyed and as soon as we heard these things our hearts did melt neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you for the lord your god he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now, therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my Father's house and give me a true token, and that ye will save alive my father, my mother, my brethren, and my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for yours, if ye utter not this our business. And it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window. For her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days, until the pursuers be returned, and afterward may you go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, that thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou didst let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee, and it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and he will be guiltless, and we will be guiltless, and whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head if any hand be upon him, and if thou utter this our business, then we will be quit of thine oath, which thou hast made us to swear, and she said, according unto your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. And they went and came unto the mountain and abode there three days until the pursuers were returned. And the pursuers sought them throughout all the day, but found them not. So the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all things that befell them. And they said unto Joshua, Truly the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us." If you would, turn to chapter 6, and we're going to pick up the account here in verse 16 where the Israelites have crossed the Jordan River by an amazing miracle of God. And in verse number, uh, so chapter 6 of verse 16, the scripture here says, "...and it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, "'Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city, and the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house.'" Because she hid the messengers that we sent. And ye in any wise keep, ye, uh, keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye you make yourselves accursed, when ye take of the accursed thing, and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priest blew at the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. So that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. But Joshua said unto the two men that had spied out, of the, out the country, Go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman, and all that she hath as you swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren, and all that she had, and they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel and they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord and Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had and she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho this is an amazing account of faith in an unexpected place. And we're going to look at two details. We're going to, there, there, there's a lot in this passage, but we're going to key in on two details this morning when it comes to Rahab the harlot. The first thing, the first detail I want you to see this morning is her sin. Her sin. Her sin. She was a harlot. And she is referred to as such in God's word five times. What's interesting about this is this sin involves some, some very specific things, right? And there's some things that we won't go into detail with this morning with younger children in the room. But the Bible says she was a harlot. Look, but scripturally, what I wanted to do was um, give you scripturally what God ties in are some things that are involved in that specific type of sin. Letter A, her sin involves shameful behavior, her sin involves shameful behavior. Hosea two five, the scripture here says, For their mother hath played the harlot, she that conceived them hath done shamefully. That was a very shameful behavior. And what's interesting in Ephesians chapter 5, for us in the New Testament, the Bible says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. And one of the difficult things... Uh, in dealing with, with youth ministry today, is our culture has removed shame from sin. Right. Now, I say they've removed it. They can't remove it. The Bible says, Whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. Be not deceived; God is not mocked. Amen. So they can't remove the consequences of sin, but in our culture, uh, they don't want young people to feel bad. You know? um, our, our, our president himself, uh, years ago, said he doesn't want his daughters punished with a baby. You can look that audio up. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. And, and what we have is a culture that's trying to help young people do whatever they want and then remove the feeling, the consequences, the shame of that sin that God has built into that behavior. And so uh, what God says in Ephesians is that, man, we ought, to, we ought to have no fellowship with that sin and ought to rather reprove it and call it out. And in our day, you know, our Supreme Court has put their stamp of approval on behavior that the Bible says it is a shame to speak of these things that are done in secret. It's a shame. And what's interesting is somebody may look at what has just happened in this passage and say this. Well, how can God wipe out an entire nation of people and be just? And and what's interesting is uh, this cross reference here, I gave you number three. She was part of a culture "...that practiced the basest forms of immorality." This is something we have to remember. These weren't upstanding citizens in Jericho. Notice what God has said about the people in the land of Canaan... That ...as as He gives instruction to the Israelites to go in and to take that land that He's given them. Notice what He says about the inhabitants. In Leviticus 18, verse 24, I give you the the cross-reference here. God says, "...defile not yourselves in any of these things." Now, you'll have to look it up for yourselves because, again, we have, uh, there is a list of sin and activity that is of the most base, the, the basest immorality that you can have is God says, listen, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And he comes to verse 24 and says, defile not yourselves with any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled which I cast out before you. And the land is defiled, therefore do I visit the iniquity thereof upon it, and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. God lists a list of sins in Leviticus 21 that are just absolutely reprehensible. The Bible says that uh, some of these sins, it's confusion. It's just the most wicked stuff that you can imagine. And God says, the people in this land, they're engaged in this. They are defiled with it. And my judgment is coming. And so God actually uses the Israelites to bring judgment upon these people. So keep that in mind as as you see that God sent them in to wipe out these people in Jericho. Also, on the flip side of this, we're going to see that for someone who repented and by faith believed God, God gave them an escape. So her sin, it involved shameful behavior. Her sin involved unfaithfulness. The scripture here in Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 21, this is God speaking of Jerusalem. He says, How is the faithful city becoming harlot? It was full of judgment, righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. What did he say about his, his city? His, his city that was supposed to, these Israelites that were supposed to worship in him as the one true God, they committed spiritual adultery. They went after other gods. And God says, This this." Faithful city has become a harlot. So it involves unfaithfulness. And then let her see her sin involved in modesty. When the Bible says that Rahab was a harlot, that involves immodesty. Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 10, the scripture says, And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. So there was a way in which, in this day and age, there, there was a way in the Bible that a woman could dress that would identify her. With certain characteristics that, that would identify her as a certain type of person. You know, the Bible says that, that women ought to be modest. And those, uh, the dictionary definition of modest is restrained by a sense of propriety, not forward or bold, not loose or lewd. And pastor mentioned it a few weeks ago. You know, we try and help our young people to to be modest. You say, well, what clothes are right? What clothes are wrong? The Bible says modesty is uh, is is what God is looking for. And you know, again, our pastor said it a few weeks ago that that when a lady is standing in front of a mirror, the Holy Spirit's not the one telling her, "Hey, that, that that's not tight enough," or "That's not revealing enough." And what's interesting is that this this sin that 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 Rahab had in her life, it involved in modesty. And uh, I'll say this, you know, my sin before God, we said this, this harlotry that she was involved in, it was shameful. But you know what? My sin before God, my disobedience, my lies, my, my sin is shameful before God. Your sin, our sin is, is a shame before God. You remember, it's so interesting when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, what was the first thing that they did? They tried to cover themselves. You know, my sin before God is immodesty. My my sin before God is reprehensible. And that's where Rahab, this this is where we find her in this sin. But you know what's so great about God's amazing grace is we see her salvation. That's the second detail we're going to look at today. Her sin was very real. It was very reprehensible. But we're going to spend quite a bit of time today looking at God's salvation in her life. So Hebrews chapter 11 verse 31 had said this about Rahab. It said, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she received the spies with peace. You say, how is it? How is it that Rahab was delivered? It was by faith. And the Bible says, For you and I, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is not of works. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Um, let's look at a couple of specific things here. By faith, she believed what God had said. By faith, she had believed what God said. So if you would, we're going to kind of take this verse by verse now. And look at Joshua chapter 3. And, you know, I'm sorry, it's Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2 and verse 9. This is very interesting. Rahab doesn't just say, oh, I believe God. You know, the, Jesus Christ said the devils believe in God and tremble. Uh, the devils know who Jesus Christ is. And so what can happen in our day and age is people say, well, I, I believe in God. You know, and what that means is they believe there's a man upstairs. But notice there are a few very specific things that Rahab believed concerning God and his word. Look at verse 9. So Joshua chapter 2, verse 9. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. Now, how she came to find that out, whether it was by word of mouth, whether, you know, uh, uh, God, uh, this is what I know. They found out what God had told his people. They found out God's word. And she said, I know specifically God's given you this land. Then she says that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. This is interesting to me that many times people think that if you're afraid of God, it drives you away from God. What did her fear of God do? It drove her to him. You know, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's a good thing when people fear God because it says, God, I, I, I fear you. What, what do you. what do you want from me so, so I don't have to be afraid of you so I can come to you? And, it, and her fear, it drove her to God. She, was, she wanted to know more about these guys and, and about their God. And so in verse number 9, uh, she believed that God had given Israel the land. Secondly, underneath this, she believed that God had dried up the water of the Red Sea to deliver his people from the pursuing Egyptian army. Look at verse 10. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And isn't that what God told Moses was going to happen? When God told Moses, I'm going to bring you out with a mighty hand. And God brings them out across that Red Sea where God parted the waters and then destroyed the mightiest army in the world at that time. God told Moses, this was going to be to glorify and not my name. And so all the other nations around you would see that I am God. And so Rahab, she hears uh, that, that that God has given these Israelites the land. They hear the account of God bringing his people through the Red Sea. And she didn't scoff at it. She didn't laugh at it. But no doubt there were people in Jericho that heard about the miracle of God and said, Oh, right. So God just parted these waters and a million people came through. Sure. what Whatevs. No doubt there were people in Jericho that blew that off. But Rahab wasn't one of them. When she heard the miracles that God had done, she believed them. Let me ask you this morning. God has done a great miracle. He has come to this earth, lived a perfect and sinless life. He has died on the cross to pay for your sins and mine. And then three days later, he rose from the dead. That's an amazing miracle. Have you believed that miracle? Or have you scoffed at it? Here Rahab, she says, I, I believe that the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. She believed that account. And then notice that uh, she says, And what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. What happened here? Well, number three, that, utter, that Israel. she believed that Israel utterly destroyed Sihon and Og. And what happened there, you can check it out for yourself on your own. In Numbers 21, God tells Israel to pass through the land of Sihon and Og. He tells them to go through that. And so what did they do? They go to the king and they say, hey, will you let us pass through? We will not take anything from the land. We won't destroy it. We won't hurt you. We won't hurt the crops. We just need passage. And what did the kings do? They said, no way. You're not passing through here. And not only did they refuse them passage, but they went out to fight against Israel. That was a bad choice. And what's interesting is scripturally, Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, God had told Abraham, I will bless them that bless thee, curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So you know what happened? God said, if Sion and Og, if they're going to treat you that way, in thee shall all family, can you imagine, let me ask you this question, could you imagine the blessing that would have come on those people if they had just let God's people go through? You know, and, and it is it is interesting. Even for unsaved people, the favor that God can show them if they treat believers right, if and if we treat the nation of Israel properly, Genesis twelve three, and I will bless them that bless thee, curse them that curse thee. So Sihon and Og they tried to fight against God's people, and they were utterly destroyed. Can't fight against God's plan. Can't fight against God. You're not going to win. So by faith she believed what God said. By faith, let her be. She experienced deliverance from judgment. By faith she experienced deliverance from judgment. Look if you would at Joshua chapter 6 and verse number 21. The scripture here says, And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep, and ass with the edge of the sword. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath as you swear unto her. And down in verse number 25, And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. She experienced deliverance from God's judgment. This is amazing. In Hebrews, our Hebrews passage in Hebrews 11, it said this, That she perished not with them that perished. This this just blows my mind. Because in Leviticus, God had said all of these people are defiled and I'm going to bring judgment. And you say, well, Man, did anybody make it out? Rahab and her family, they were the only ones. Of all of those people, think of the thousands that decided to perish because they wouldn't repent of their sin. They didn't believe God. Think of those that, that responded in disobedience, in rejection of, of what they heard. Rahab had the same information that the rest of them in Jericho did that Israel, they're, they're coming. God, He crossed through the Red Sea, that He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath, and we're going to answer to Him. And so uh, we ought to believe Him, and she hid those spies. It's interesting. What was the king's response? The king went after the two men, didn't he? Why? Because I'm sure he wanted to kill them or use them as bait to get the Israelites in, but he, he was going to try to fight against God's plan instead of that nation repenting before God. And, and, and getting israel in there so very interesting but she experienced deliverance from judgment you know it, it's it's sad to think of people today again this phrase she perished not with them that perished it's so sad to think that there are people that'll because of a friend they'll scoff at the gospel They'll scoff at Jesus Christ because they don't want to look dumb in front of their friends. They don't want to look like, oh, I'm a be- I- I Bible believer in front of their friends. And you know, there, uh, I believe it was Paul that stood before Agrippa, and it was either, uh, I think it was Agrippa, where Agrippa said, "Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian." And almost wasn't enough. And there might be someone in here this morning. You've heard the gospel. You know that you're a sinner. You know if you were to die today, you would spend eternity apart from Christ, forever in hell. And you just won't say yes to Jesus yet. Don't perish with them that are going to perish. There there are untold numbers of people that have said no to Christ. They're going to spend eternity apart from Him. Don't be one of those. You have the opportunity today to say yes to Jesus Christ. Here, it said, she perished not with them that perished. She was not going to follow everyone else to destruction. She wasn't going to do it. She made a decision for God. And the sign, number two here, the sign was the scarlet line. The sign was the scarlet line. If you look in Joshua chapter 2, in verse 18, and many of you are familiar with this. This is an amazing picture of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. In verse 18, the scripture says, Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. Look at verse 21. And she said, according unto your word, so be it. And she sent them away and they departed. And what did she do? She bound the scarlet line in the window. How are the Israelites going to know to pass over her house and that that's where she was? Because that's, it was identified with that blood red color. And you know, it's an amazing similarity to Israel in the Passover. God said, when I see the blood on the door lintel, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And for us, if you're saved, if you know Christ by faith as your Savior, when He sees the blood, He'll pass over you in judgment. And that's an amazing thing, the, the righteousness that we have through Christ. So the sign was the scarlet line. That's an amazing picture of the blood. I have this reference here for you, First Peter chapter 1. In your handout it says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish, And without spot. And we sang the song this morning, Nothing But the Blood. And I will say this if you are trusting in anything other than the shed blood of Jesus Christ for your salvation, you will die and you will spend eternity in hell. Jesus Christ shed his blood and that is the only payment that will ever pay for your sin. This defilement that we have in our lives, this sin, this harlotry that she was involved in, the only thing that could ever wash that away is the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'll say this, aren't you glad that the blood is there to wash away our sin? God didn't have to do that, but he had determined before the foundation of the earth that he would die for you and for me. What an amazing salvation, and Rahab experienced that. Uh, John, uh, uh, notice this, uh, that Hebrews, it said, she perished not with them that perished. Now, these people here in Jericho, physically, they died. They were utterly destroyed. They perished. There's a much greater death coming. The Bible describes a second death, and the Bible describes that as perishing. In John 3, 16, one of the best-known verses in the Scripture, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. I couldn't help but think about it this week. At Kings Island, I saw a woman that had a tattoo, and it said her tattoo said, Only God can judge me. And the God was a lowercase g, and I thought, man someday she's going to stand before God and she's not going to go to hell just because she has a tattoo. The only reason that she would ever go to hell is because she didn't trust Christ by faith as her savior. But you know, that is the attitude of this world, isn't it? Don't, you can't judge me. Only God can. Well, you might be very surprised when you stand before that judge and you're found wanting, you're found lacking. Trust in Jesus Christ. Let her, uh, notice this. Notice how many others she influenced for God. Joshua chapter 6 and verse 23 here. Notice it wasn't just Rahab. What does she do? Chad's got a big old grin. You know what? Chad had the opportunity to give family members the gospel this week. And many of you, so many of you, you're trying to influence others for Christ. You've accepted Christ by faith as your savior. That scarlet line, it's been hung in your window. You're, you're ready to see Jesus. But there's so many other people you know that you're trying to influence them. And that's what Rahab did, the harlot. She went out there and tried to influence people. Look at verse uh, 23, the scripture says, and the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and who else? Father, her mother, her brother, and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. She wasn't the only one. She influenced other people for Christ, and they were able to be saved from that destruction. Who are you trying to save from destruction? Who are you trying to get the gospel? Let her see. By faith, she experienced the grace of God. In Matthew chapter 1, not only did she experience deliverance from judgment, she experienced the grace of God. All right, everybody look up here. This is amazing. Rahab the harlot. Can God do anything with that person? Look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 5. And Salmon begat Boaz. It's booze here, that's the way that it's spelled, but we know it's Boaz of Rachab. A little bit different spellings, but begat Boaz of Rachab, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. She was placed in the line through which Jesus Christ our Savior would come. This Rachab or Rachab, that's Rahab. Just a little different spelling. <laughs> What can God do with a sinner? Man, he can clean them up, and he can use them in a great way. And not only was she placed in the lineage of Jesus Christ, who was her son? Boaz. And I'm telling you, there's not a teen girl in here that wouldn't want to marry a Boaz. Right, girls? They're like, yeah. (laughs) Right? Right? Man, Boaz, when you go and, look at, and read through the book of Ruth, Boaz was industrious. He was a man of God. He was a man that followed the laws of God and, and would let people glean in his field the way that God had instructed. Boaz was an absolute man of God. And he had Rahab for a mother. And Salmon, many Bible scholars believe that Salmon was one of the two spies. All, all the girls just went, aww. Like, it's an amazing, it could be an amazing lesson. I'm telling you, this world has, cannot touch... God's word. God says, you want a love story? Check this out. Read Boaz and Ruth. Read through. Read about Solomon and Rahab and what God can do in the life of a sinner. Clean them up. And they have godly young people that serve the Lord in an amazing way. You know what? Rahab the harlot, what did she do? She experienced the grace of God. None of us, guys, none of us deserve any of this. We don't deserve to go to heaven. We don't deserve to know God. We don't deserve to be in a church like this we don 't deserve each other we don't deserve the passion that we have we don't des- we don't deserve it, but aren't you glad that by the grace of God we can experience this Amen. praise the Lord and check this out uh this her this grace was an example of the chief priest. we don't have time to look at it this morning but in matthew twenty one you know what Jesus Christ says of the chief priests and the Pharisees he says you guys you think you're so righteous you think you're so awesome that's kind of the transliteration from he says you guys you think you're so great he said there are Publicans and harlots that enter into the kingdom of God before you. Why? Because these harlots, she wasn't self-righteous. She knew she was, She had the judgment of God coming down on her life, but she got saved. So by faith, she experienced the grace of God. And then her D, by faith, she lives today. This is very interesting. Chapter 6. Look at chapter 6 and verse 25. Look at how God writes of her in his eternal word. And Joshua saved the Rahab, Rahab the harlot alive in her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day. So in your Bible, just, this is just interesting. God writes of her in the present tense as though she's alive today. And I couldn't help but think of this. John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this God said I am the God of the living not of the dead he's the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob Rahab is alive today and in the presence of Jesus Christ why because she believed God and she experienced his grace this morning if you're here don't try to get to heaven on your own you will never you'll never succeed at that Jesus Christ said I'm the way the truth and the life." No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Rahab, how did, she, how did she escape God's judgment? She believed what God had said. How can you escape God's judgment? Believe what God has said, and that's the gospel. That Jesus Christ loves you. He died in your place. He rose from the dead three days later. And if you will believe him, the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Place your faith and trust in what he's done for you. Just receive the gift. Believer, we're no better than anybody else. We've experienced God's grace. Who are we trying to tell? God's judgment's coming. Let's get out there and continue to tell other people about Him. But honestly, man, it is amazing. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on God. It's it's so amazing. Rahab could have thought, well, you know, God can't really do, use me to do anything. I'm just... Uh... And, and he did things in her life that just blow my mind. I'm sure it blew her away. God can use you to do great things. By way of conclusion, I couldn't help but think of this hymn. It's a great old hymn. It says, Sinners, Jesus will receive. Sound this word of grace to all who the heavenly pathway leave. All who linger, all who fall. Come and he will give you rest. Trust him for his word is plain. He will, ma- he will take the sinfullest Christ receiveth sinful men. Now my heart condemns me not. Pure before the law I stand. He who cleansed me from all spot. Satisfied its last demand. Christ receiveth sinful men. Even me with all my sin. Purged from every spot and stain. Heaven with him I enter in. Sing it o'er and o'er again. Christ receiveth sinful men. Make the message clear and plain. Christ receiveth sinful men. Christ received Ahab. Let me ask you, sinful men, have you received Christ by faith as your Savior? He receiveth sinful men. That's great. What a what a great Savior we have. Let's pray together. Our great God, I just uh, we just come before you and thank you so much for.